Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. Hello, welcome to Feel This. Hi, Jess. Hi, Frank. (laughs) Well, hello to you, dear listener. Really glad you're here. And glad you're able and open to choosing to spend time together with us here, wherever you find yourself when you're, when you're hitting play on this podcast. So we're going to start today the way we are going to start today, the way we always start with the meditation. And again, if you've been listening for a while, you know that you you can do this while you're doing something else, that's totally fine. You don't have to stop and put all your focus on this to do the meditation, but just bringing a little bit of awareness to your present moment experience with whatever you're doing in your day while you're listening to this podcast. And just seeing what shifts for you in your experience when you bring some conscious awareness to the present moment. So we're going to start where we always start in this practice with our breath. Finding the sensation of air, wherever feels natural to you, maybe through your nose, or if you're breathing through your mouth, just kind of noticing the sensation of air coming in and out. Maybe just fixing a point of awareness maybe on your nose or mouth, and and just noticing as you fix your awareness on that point, the experience of breathing from that one spot. And without efforting too much, but just almost imagining you could increase the power of your awareness like a microscope and become aware of finer and finer details in your experience of your breath. And this is more of a softening into that fine awareness. It's not like a straining or efforting. I'm going to follow the awareness into the body now as the breath comes in. It's kind of allowing your awareness to move with it into the chest and into the belly. And you don't have to worry about or even stop, prevent yourself from thinking. You know, thinking will come and go. That it's kind of immaterial. You might think of the, the your thinking as a television that's on in the room and you're not trying to turn the TV off. 
you're just beginning to focus on other things in the room. Letting that noise from the TV of your mind, the, the chatter, just kind of go in the background. You don't have to stop it. But what you can choose to bring your awareness to is your body and your breath. And again, really helpful to have a kind of softness as you move your awareness around. We're not really trying so hard. And we might want to pick a spot, say in the in the body, in the torso, maybe a, a place in and around the heart or in and around the belly. It's kind of like picking a point there. And just allowing your awareness to kind of rest there. We're going to turn our awareness towards a little bit of the content of our self, our psychological self. Checking in with how you are feeling in this moment. And sometimes when we ask how are we feeling, it starts to bring up thoughts. What, what, do I'm, what am I thinking? But we're really leaning into it's the quality of the emotional state in our body and our nervous system. And it can really help, as we've done in the past, to, to kind of tap into and check in with some of the categorical emotions of joy and contentment, excitement, sadness or disappointment, fear, anxiety, anger, frustration, annoyance, and maybe shame, guilt, remorse, anything in that category. And we'll also kind of check in with our kind of dorsal system and just, just kind of check in. Maybe you're feeling flat or numb, tuned out. Whatever you are noticing inside yourself, taking a moment to acknowledge it within yourself. Do that with some simple words like, I'm sensing, I'm feeling, or my system is feeling happy, sad, fear, whatever came up for you. Numb. You can do that maybe just energetically with your breath. Just as your breath comes in, you're, you're kind of breathing in a silent acknowledgement. And in that acknowledgement, we're kind of tapping into an acceptance of exactly how we're feeling here in this moment. So I'm sending out a welcome to all of you, just how you're showing up here in this moment, and all of me, how I'm showing up here in this moment. All of you, Jess, how your system is showing up here in this moment. Um, it's funny how automatically I'm, I just want to say I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. 
as opposed to like, I'm bad. I'm not bad. I am good in more specific terms. The feelings that felt most prominent there toward the end when we were checking in were fear and anger. And that was interesting to give space in my system for that to, to come forward. And yeah, I am going to be, after our podcast today, I'm going to be taking my art to a local sort of gallery place where they're going to sell, sell my art. And it's interesting that will be a new experience to some extent for me and how, how much that stirs up parts of me and stories that I have about all kinds of things. So there's a lot there and I'm walking with it and I'm doing my best to be open to hearing, you know, just how different parts of me feel about, about that experience and about, about doing that. So that's, that's sort of prominent in my system right now. Yeah, that's, that's where I am. Yeah. So I am, I'll start with feelings first. And I actually want to register you saying you're feeling the feelings you brought in were fr anger, frustration, and sadness. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel a lot of sadness in the moment. I feel a kind of heaviness and I guess a little bit of confusion. Something is really stirring up in me, in my relationship. And I think I have some clarity in terms of how I want to handle that here. I don't want to go into the content of what's that, what that's about. My partner and I are planning on doing a relationship podcast similar to what we do, but it's in our relationship. So that may be something we would be eventually do on the, that podcast. But here, I think it would be sufficient to say, let's just say there is a thing happening in our relationship, something emotional happening. And, but without going to the details of that, I can talk about how that's impacting me in the now and how I'm relating to that now. How that's impacting me now is there are parts that are, well, I guess I could say I'm feeling this sadness. I'm feeling this heaviness and sadness. And I think it's my sense is that there are parts of me that are maybe projecting into the future and that the future they're projecting into feels a little dim to them. I don't believe any of the stories about this, but there's something there that feels kind of like this heaviness in my system, a sadness, a feeling of a lot of old narratives from my childhood kind of emerging about being alone or or not never getting what I want in some way. So I was sitting with a lot of that this morning and then coming in here, it seemed to come in because this is usually a place on the podcast where I have struggled, where I, I, and I'll put struggled in quotes. And what that means is I feel like a heaviness and I have a part that says, I've got to do this thing, this podcast thing, and I can't really talk about the thing that I'm 
that's in my energy. So how do I be authentic to myself while, you know, showing up here? And even as I say it, there is an awareness of like, oh, the universality of what I'm talking about, right? Like who doesn't know about having something going on in their lives that, but they've got to go to work and they, you know, and they've got a work meeting and they, you know, they can't just be like, oh, by the way, you know, this is what, you know, or they can't have a conversation about that. They've got to do their work meeting thing. Right. So we have like this really interesting space where we kind of do, can do both in a way. So it's kind of put me in a place of where I feel a little unsure, a little unsteady, a little less confident, less in touch with my own sense of value, even in terms of like the podcast. But there is an energy in me of like, I'm excited to be here and talk about that or, and also relate to you with where you are and see what happens between us as we kind of engage with this. And there's something in me that also, I don't know, I, all I'll say is, is open to going deeper. And I don't know what that means exactly, but I, I was aware of it as you were checking in that there was something in me that was like really open to exploring in you what's, you know, what's deeper in you around whatever you're bringing in and me. You know, there's, there's a, yeah, maybe a little bit of a urgency wouldn't be the right word, but there's something that is, you know, I've talked in the past of how my relationship to death and how that, you know, can come forward. And, you know, the, I have that energy here now with me, that energy of, well, you're here, you have this moment in your life. What are you going to do with it, Frank? You know, you feel this way. So not in, in a way of changing this, but it's how can I fully embrace what and who I am in this now, in this moment here with you? That's kind of the operating question. Even though my body is feeling this heaviness and sadness, my my energy is bent towards the moving into it, moving in flow with it, not fighting it, resisting it, trying to shape it into something it's not, but but kind of bend with it, be with it in a way that brings the most aliveness here in the now. That is a really beautiful opening. It feels feels good to me. And I appreciate the balance you bring forward that on the one hand, there's this sort of seeming conundrum of this is what's here. And I, you know, I, I was imagining my parents would be like, and I can't talk about it. And yet, you know, and then the universality of it, that this is something we all to varying extents deal with as adults in, you know, spaces where we can't, you know, it's just not necessarily appropriate or, um, you know, the right space to, to bring everything in us. I, I mean, that's true, really, almost at every moment. We can't bring every single thing that's that's working for us. It feels, it does feel very universal. And it, it touched something in me as you were speaking that what I brought forward, it's interesting, you know, I said sad, 
no, no, no. I said scared and angry. And it's kind of challenging even in that moment to say that that's what's more true than say the excitement or joy of being here. It's kind of like, I think my system frequently will say things like excitement or joy or things that are considered positive as a way of kind of like create, you know, sort of choosing among the options going like this is the option that's a little more acceptable or a little less risky. And so I, you know, I wouldn't even say that I'm more scared and angry than I am excited and happy to be here. But I decided to bring forward sort of the riskier feeling energies, which felt more alive in my body physically. You know, I was physically feeling those is what I was more aware of. And as you were sharing, I connected in with, you know, this idea of me taking this art to a gallery. I've, I've done shows before, but this is, they're going to be selling my work sort of on consignment where they'll be permanently up there. These are reproductions of collages and, you know, I get a certain percentage and they get a certain percentage and, and sort of working in that whole process with them has brought up a lot regarding like, how should I say this in relationship within myself to stories about being a woman in the world who makes money from things that she has made. And that's a story that really doesn't have any precedence in my lineage. And so I've been thinking a lot about the women in my, you know, family going back a few generations and, and all these things that feel like if I were a woman or maybe a man, I don't know, but definitely if, if I were listening to this podcast, I would want the, the female host person to talk more about that, right? That's a subject that would have great value to me. And so I was sort of sitting back going like, am I willing to take the risk to talk about this thing that I'm kind of in the middle of? And it feels similar to what you're talking about in the sense that it's here. But for me, it's not that it's not appropriate or maybe it's not the place to talk about it. It very much feels appropriate and it very much feels like it could be the place to talk about it. But because I'm in the middle of it, it feels very messy and vulnerable. Like, I don't know. I don't have conclusions. I don't have clear answers, you know. And so that's the risk sort of on my end. And bringing up that thing you said at the end about this is the, the piece about you connecting it to this is my one moment. This is, you know, it, I'm going to die, you know, like the, relating it to your experience with death and why not? sort of, I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for me, when you said that, I thought, what else am I doing? Why am I, why would I not talk about the thing that feels for me, that feels risky or vulnerable or a bit messy? So they're not the same, what you're bringing, what I'm bringing, but there's a connection point that feels very full of life in my system right now. Yeah. Something you said struck a chord with what I was feeling, I guess it was around your sense of the, the kind of messiness of it, that it's, it's not, it's unfinished, it's, un it's unclear. And that struck a chord with me because I, you know, my meditation this morning, as I was sitting with my feelings around what, you know, my relationship and, and I came to this like very calm place of understanding like, oh, some structure in my psyche or is kind of like 
coming apart in a way. And I'll say the best way I could say it without going into detail is like, there's like this part of me who has this like fantasy of what he wants. And that there was a realization inside my system of like, oh, I've had this fantasy of what I want, you know, maybe like my whole life. And, and I don't have it and I've never had it. And I don't really think what I was coming to is like, I think I need the fantasy of it. I, I think I need the want of it. Like that's the thing. And when the reality was clicking into place that, oh, I don't, I don't think that is going to fit with my reality. Like, I don't think that is going to them like, but it, it wouldn't change anything in my reality, except this fantasy would go away or this picture that this part has. Like he's had, it's like, he's had this poster on his wall of like going to Egypt one day, you know, and all his life, he's just had this fantasy about going to Egypt. And, and then there's this realization, like, I don't think we're going to Egypt. Like we've, it's been for 40 years. I don't, I don't think this is about going to Egypt. It's about having this picture on the wall and, and the coming to terms with that in some sense. I mean, it was, there's an interesting thing about what we, what we aspire to and who we are in the moment. And this, I think there's a really fascinating conversation around that, that struck a chord. But the thing that I related to you was this feeling of, I came to this kind of like sober realization that like, I'm going to be in this uncomfortable, this is not going to feel good for a while. Like this thing coming down off the wall and changing is just going to feel bad. Like there's nothing, like it's going to feel uncomfortable. And the parts of me that just like want to go, you know, they want to be like zippity doo da, zippity day, like they, they want that, you know, and they want to feel, some of my parts want to feel that way all the time, every day. And there was this like adult self that just realized there's not really a way to feel, you know, like you can't feel that all the time, but like, this is, this is a stage of, of decay of, and it doesn't mean that's bad. Like decay is part of the, the life cycle. And I'm in this state of something's changing here. Something's maturing, but in order for that to mature, this has to go away. And, and for that to go away, you kind of have to have this like grieving, sad, like also unknown. Like I'm also in this, that's what I named in the check-in too. There's a confusion. There's parts that are like, but wait, we don't know. We, we don't, you know, we've always had that, that picture on the wall. We don't know what that, what it's going to be without it. And there's no way to know it. There's no way to walk through that feeling assured. The only thing I could feel assured of is that I'm going to feel somewhat confused, uncomfortable, and afraid, like, you know, like all parts of me are. And what I'm showing is I can be, I'm okay with that. Like I can walk through that. doesn't mean I'm going to be excited or thrilled. So anyway, that feeling of that, that sparked that connection to you, that feeling of, mm, I'm not even sure exactly what you said that triggered it now, because I'm getting all into my head here, but I'll pause there and, and just see what's, how you're responding to that, what, what's coming up to you and you. Okay. Yeah. So from a, a more sort of a meta level, like looking at the forest, what I'm seeing and, you know, fascinated by, excited by is this, this 
what feels to me like a little parallel conversation we're having where you're holding on to your story and I'm holding on to mine and we're walking and like sort of comparing notes and that feels kind of kind of neat and let me get closer now and look at the trees what you're sharing feels really universal this experience of a as as I'm hearing it I'm not sure this is how you would say it but it sounds to me like a dream dying you know, and, and that's what dreams have to do if they're going to actually come into reality, you know, and, and in that process of going from being a dream to being a reality, it's not an easy process. And as you were talking, I kept thinking at various points as you were talking, there's a tarot card for that. There's a tarot card for that. There's a lot of tarot cards for the, the liminal space and the leaving something behind, allowing it to die, what we learn as we move into something new. And for me, the parallel to that is around my relationship with money and growing up parts of me that have had a childlike black and white, strongly emotional, a lot of like you, what did you say? Yeah, you, you hummed a little tune or something. What did you say that you're like? There you go. Yeah, yeah. I've got those parts around money. And then suddenly like, it's time for me to go make some money with something that I made. And, and it suddenly starts, it gets real. Like for me, it's a lot of it's, it's really interesting how quickly it becomes dark and distorted, like going from, you know, whistle by your work and everything's like a Disney movie to like being like, I feel like a prostitute. Like, I feel like, like I'm being paid to perform or, and not paid enough, you know, and, and just icky. And there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to do this. And then other parts of me that are trying to talk me into it. And it's, you know, it's messy and complicated to suddenly, and, and, and I'm in a huge, hugely privileged position where my husband makes enough money to, you know, to keep our household highly functional. And so to choose to enter into what feels icky is, it's just a very, and, and yet I want to do it. You know, I want to, I want the imagined ideas, both the childlike we I can buy fun things and the I don't want to mess with money money is is you know it it's dark and it's about control and it's about all this sort of messy yucky pit of humanity kind of stuff like to go from those sort of extremes into actually entering into it as an adult and not as someone who you know and I don't I imagine this is different, but it's never been my path to go to school, learn how to do a thing that has a certain amount of money associated with it, and then to go do that thing and get paid that amount of money, but instead to, to you know, have to say, this is what this is worth. And then to say, is anybody going to pay that much for this? I don't know. Let's find out. It's, there's a lot there that is feeling related to what you said about the poster on the wall. This is what life's going to be like when I sell my artwork and make money for it, you know, and then actually going into it and having a lot of cold water dumped on me. <laughs> ah, that's what this is like. So stop there. Well, I feel one, there's a desire as I listen to you to for depth 
just wanting like whatever you're bringing like a, a wanting to go deeper and and same with myself so i'm still noticing that but then a little bit on the surface there's an aspect of my mind that is very interested and is pulling me towards this kind of idea the the kind of gap between what we want what we imagine this picture on the wall and who we are in the moment and the and the gap between being at peace with ourselves and acceptance and moving towards some ideal or some goal and there's something in me that is really wanting to find a really good balance with that and what i will say so i what I'm offering is a kind of divergent path, and I'm not saying we have to go down it. I'm just saying my system is being pulled. It's kind of a choice path. I see a little pathway. We can go kind of maybe it's go deeper with what you're bringing or with what I'm bringing. But what's emerging in my consciousness as we're talking is this pull towards this I this idea of the idea of wanting something and even wanting ourselves to be different one wanting to better ourselves having this ideal version of ourselves this seems really big and universal I'm, I'm watching the second season or the second part of the vow right now and i really like the vow is a series on hbo that's about nexium and keith Raniere. there is it's kind of like a personal growth movement in the last 10 years and turned into this kind basically like a sex cult that's what it was accused of every but th there was so i'm watching that it's very it's good it's very good and i like watching these shows about cults particularly cults that are really focused on self-growth and i i like to watch where they go off the rails like i'm very curious like what where they go off the rails and i feel like this is where they always kind of go off the rails to me. I even, even the Teal Swan stuff. I don't know if you watch much about Teal Swan. <clears throat> Another kind of recent modern day, you know, personal growth movement that starts to turn culty and goes off the rails, goes awry, starts to do harm. And to me, it's because what I notice is that they put this, they, it's like the goal is to become this ideal. And then you sacrifice whatever you have to sacrifice to reach this goal you know it 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 disrespects the human condition in the moment because you're striving to be this better thing and then what what harm do you do in the in the path it's it comes down to me to the fundamental myth of the ends justify the means you know we want to have this you know better version of ourselves, better version of our world. Well, what are we willing to do to get there? Are we willing to, to, to lie, to hurt ourselves, to kill, to get to this better place? I fundamentally disagree. The ends never justify the means. Never. My belief is that the ends, <clears throat> the means become the end. Whatever you, whatever you do to get to where you want to go, that's what you get. Yep. Okay. So anyway, I'm offering a kind of divergent path, which I started to jump down because I obviously got really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have to keep going down that path. But there's something about what I'm going through, what you're talking about that relates to that too. This idea of this, like the picture on the wall, this idea of ourselves and who we are in the moment and 
this natural impulse for growth, but when does that impulse for growth become out of alignment? When do we, when are we just at peace with who we are in the moment? How do we be at peace with who we are in the moment and grow towards this ideal self? How do we have this picture on the wall, but then, but then question it and also realize it's just a picture. It's not a reality. Can we live without the picture? Does it help to have the picture? These are all questions that I'm curious about. And I'm curious about where I am with this and where you are with this and how, especially around art, right? Like we both have, you have your art and I have my art of rap. And I think we both have parts that are trying to create something for us around that. They're trying to move like you're, you're, you have managers and parts that are like putting you in the gallery, right? You're putting your work out there. And I also have that happening. So I'll stop there for now and just kind of see how you're holding all this. Give the, give the listener an opportunity maybe to take a breath and see how they're holding all this, how it relates to you in your life. Maybe you could take a moment with that. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So lot, lot to, so the, the sort of backing up to where you started from the, what you were calling a divergent path to me feels kind of like the place where our parallel paths come together and actually, you know, can, can kind of come together and move in a, in a particular direction of exploration, which feels like holding a more universal energy around this as an experience, but in a way that feels very present and personal to you and I in this moment. So that feels good to move in that direction. And I happen to be, I know that you have a fascination with like cults, cult, you know, and you know, movements gone toward cults and when things go bad, like you've talked to me a little bit about that before. And I've never watched any documentaries. I, I don't do well with things that are visual that have a darkness to them. It, it, it's a little too much for my nervous system, but I've been listening to a podcast series called cover up and it's last seasons. And it's all about the psychedelic world. And so far, I don't know if I'm more than halfway in, but it's primarily about Francoise Borzat and her husband. And, you know, basically that they have a particular process that oftentimes seems to sacrifice the individual that they're working with and takes them not toward their highest good and puts the power in Francoise and her husband's hands and takes the power from the person who's supposed to be being helped in the moment, you know? So I don't know that it's cult exactly, but it is definitely a miss, as I would define it, a misuse of power for what I think they would define as the greater good, yeah. right? That yeah. you're going to like just lose a, lose a few people along the way, but it's it's worth it for something else, you know? So that's interesting that that's very present in my system that, you know, I don't know, that just feels like a really interesting, another parallel of what's present in my mind. And although that doesn't relate directly to selling my art in an art gallery, it does feel with what you're talking about and this other group, it does feel related to, man, I lost my way. Give me a second here. I have parts that are coming up around me losing my place. So I had to spend a moment with them first before I could find my place again. Yeah. It feels, dang it, I can do it. Can I jump in? 
Yeah, sure. I feel towards you like really warm. And like when you said you have parts coming up that are kind of, you know, fussing about you losing your place or whatnot. I just kind of just wanting to like give them a hug kind of thing, not in any patronizing way. I know sometimes that could be, it was just the energy of movement towards and open towards them. Like, oh, oh. And it was a movement just in general towards you. You know, like I'm aware I'm enjoying the space of ideas and I, and I know you also enjoy the space of ideas and we can play in that space of ideas. And this, this has a tinge of that, but there's something in me that strikes back to that. Yeah, it harkens back to that, you know, kind of death being here on my shoulder and like, hey, and, and part of what that does is, you know, connects me more deeply to you. Like you're here with me in the moment. And I like playing in the realm of ideas. It's almost like two kids playing and we can get so into the, the play and the play is great. But I also want to remember like, oh, I'm enjoying being here with my friend and we're playing together, but I'm not lost in the playing so much that I forget that really I'm just here with my friend and enjoying this time enjoy with my friend. Right. And that's kind of like a, I guess, a higher state of consciousness of awareness, right. Of being like with here. So like kind of just that was the energy that when you were kind of, you know, trying to sort it out and oh wait, I'm trying to get myself clear and that just wanted was coming towards you, you know, in that way. Yeah. That feels that feels good. And yeah, I have through more probably through my dad's side of the family, sort of a history of impatience of like, you know, if you're not fast enough, then you might get yelled at. I was never yelled at per se, but I know my dad was by his dad. And or you might just lose someone's attention. You know, and so then it's like this very limited resource where there's a pressured part of me coming forward that's like, hurry up and remember, which doesn't help, doesn't help me remember at all. And at this point, I don't remember at all what I was going to say, which is fine. It was probably not, not essential. So. So I have two energies coming up in this moment. One part's like, oh, I, you know, like a little shame, guilt feeling like, oh, I, I stopped you from being able, you know, because of my interjection, you know, I, if there is a belief that what is important here is saying something and staying on some track and, you know, giving an object to people of, you know, very goal centered type of mentality. I just, I, I did bad <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> in that mentality, right? By, you know, maybe, maybe blocking you from accessing the thing that would be the, you know, the thing you wanted to say, or the thing that would be like a, a nugget to give to someone or something like that, right? That would keep us on the, the train moving towards a goal. And so if I was in that, but I, I don't, that's, you know, that, mentality is still within me, but I am very aware of just a broader sense of the, the importance of connection. And then just kind of like the power of just resetting, like, okay, well, what's here now? You know, what's here right now? Cause it's always this moment and what's here right now. There's something here for me. 
you know, about this idea of what, you know, how I see these other things go off the rails. And it comes back to the, it comes back to drama triangle energy, meaning what I always see is they've got this mission, you know, they're basically on a mission to like save the world. You know, they've got this mission. And even if it's in reality, or even I've watched another show, a fictional show called The Path, which is a really good show on Hulu. And, but again, like it's the same narrative, right? Like they've got this organization and they've got, they're saving, you know, we're, they're trying to save the world, you know, and then like what they will, what they will start to do in order to save the world and who they'll, you know, end up lying, killing, doing whatever, betraying all these kind of basic human respect and dignity because they're trying to save the world. So it comes to this place of that drama triangle energy. And as soon as I see that, I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> you know, they're, there's, you know, they're trying, they're, they're seeing the world is victimized or they're seeing this and they're going to come rescue it with this, with these, you know, self-awareness techniques and healing. And, and I see it every, I'm not, I'm, I'm just in cults. I see this, this is in the healing world. This is in the therapeutic world. This is, it's like wherever I see people start getting on that drama triangle, I take a step back and I go, Oh, it's off the mark. It's off the mark. And it's not going to end well, <laughs> you know, I mean, you might have to enjoy the ride and grow and learn on the path. I'm not saying it's bad, but I, I take a step back. And I'm trying also, I'm curious, however, of this, where does, like I said, where does growth come in? Where does the, the, you know, if you and I take in the image of talking about being artists and having a vision for that, how does that, how do we approach that in a healthy way? What, what's, what's the difference between these two spaces? So yeah, I keep coming back to that in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. What you just said reminded me of the thing I forgot earlier. Oh, so which was simply to map the the parallel between this idea of a cult or a system or a group of people who have a particular teaching style or any of that with our own inner family system and how, you know, it's relating for me to like my unicorn wrangler energy. The part of me that will say, you know, I really don't care that you don't want to do this. This is, you know, we're going to veto you. And mm. how do I take care of and in my system of all the parts, especially when they don't all want the same thing? You know, how do I move forward and still accept where I am at the same time and move forward without necessarily like the drama triangle energy? And, and it also, as you were describing that the the means the ends justify the means it made me think of like a football game and like this idea that like i have to get to the end goal so i'm just going to plow through whoever's in my way i'm going to strategize and i'm going to get around and everything suddenly starts to become like it looks it when something starts to look like a game it you know it it i don't know if it's always going to be that drama triangle energy i mean hopefully not i'm not sure but when i think about wanting to sell my art what game do I have to be willing to play? You know, the, the game of monetizing my creations, the, you know, and, and is it possible to enter into that and 
hold on to myself and stay compassionate with myself of saying this part of the process is for the adult parts of me, whereas the making of the art can be something my kids are involved in, but they don't need to be involved in the part where I'm signing contracts and making deals and, you know, paying, you know, cashing checks and all. I, I don't, you know, so, so I, I felt really interested a little earlier when you talked about kind of getting into how, how these things that look really clear when you're on the outside of them, you're going, that's a freaking cult. That was a terrible idea. Why did that person do that? You know, it's all very straightforward. But then in my own system, walking through my life one step at a time, how do I discern when I'm on the drama triangle inside myself? And then how do I deal with it without getting more on the drama triangle? It's, it's, it's not the simplest thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to part one of this episode. We will be back next Sunday with part two. Bye, y'all.